Sure. Well, I want to say thank you for to Nicole for taking some time out of her day to share her expertise in mindfulness and yoga practices. She is the owner of Cultivate Yoga, and I'm so glad to have you on today. Thank you, Allison. It's good to be here. Well, we want to sort of dig in. Um, we're all going through this really interesting time, and I truly believe what you do can really benefit our community. So first, I want to ask you, you know, how you're doing and, um, you know, maybe some things that you can share. Great. Well, a lot of people, you know, that's kind of the conversation lately. Hey, how are you? Just checking in, making sure you're doing okay. And I've been actually super excited because I feel like life has sort of prepped me for this, especially in the last few years. Um, I've gone through so many challenges of my own that I feel like all of those challenges just keep reminding me that I've been here before. Lots of times I've been through challenges like this. And every single time when I look at the past, I can remember that I've gotten up, the universe has provided for me, I have figured it out. And through all those hills and valleys, I just kind of look back on it and say, hey, it's been a journey. Here I am at a new point, a new hill, valley type of thing. So the faith in the process, I think, is where I keep going. I keep going back to that reminder that, you know, this is just what life is. This is just the newest version of the challenges that are existing. Um, so it doesn't feel scary to me right now. It doesn't feel anxiety provoking. It just feels like a different, a different canvas for lack of a better word, a different canvas. Like, what are we going to paint on this canvas? How are we going to take this challenge and create something new out of it? And how can we use it as a platform for knowing ourselves better and just giving us more opportunities to experience love? No, I totally agree, Nicole. I took a walk yesterday and many of the people, even at their six feet of distance, were sharing how like this is just sort of a reset button for them. And they're doing things and exploring things that they would have never done because you know, schedules are different or people are home that are different. So I think this is like a great opening for um, conversation on how we live our life and maybe things that we can adjust to make us a little healthier. I agree. And one of the greatest gifts I think that I'm getting out of this is the concept of time. Time has changed so much for me. And whereas we were always trying to fit everything into a day and get it all done and check it off a list, now it's like this great big expanse of how do we want to share life in this almost like vacuum of time that we've got, which is really cool. There's always new opportunities for choice that we didn't necessarily have when we were kind of painting ourselves into the, the should do's and the have to do's. Yes. I want to sort of piggyback on that, Nicole. Um, and this is sort of a life story that you shared was like, you know, nine o'clock's not going to work, but 10. And I'm like, yeah, like 10's going to work too. And I had a friend who said eight wasn't going to work for her this morning. And we adjusted to one because time, like you're saying, is this flexible thing right now that we're really figuring out what does that mean? How does that define us? And anytime we're opening to spaciousness like that, it allows expansion. If you think about anything, as soon as you clear out a room, it gives you an opportunity to put something new in it. So this whole idea of time expanding and becoming this really open thing is just this beautiful place for us to expand and open to all the different ways that the universe just kind of pops in and creates for us or inspires us to create. 
So I think it's just this beautiful time on the earth, although it's, you know, it's frightening in a lot of ways and it's, it can be dark and you can go down that path. I think there's just this amazing, blessed openness right now for infinite potentials. And I'm super excited about what can come of this quiet time. And I also believe that going into the void is where we learn most about ourselves. So um, taking away the busyness and all the chaos of life, I think is it's doing this really cool thing where people who otherwise wouldn't take time to be quiet or take time to be mindful in their lives are being forced into it, which is, I think, so super cool. I think it's so exciting. I do. I I love it. I'm very excited for what's about to come. And, um, you know, I think as long as we can keep our, ourselves in a, in a place of love at all times and high vibration and not drop down into the fear and panic, we're all going to be great. Like that's all we have to do is just, and I, I keep having this idea, this vision that comes to me all the time of being in the ocean, like having gone overboard off of a boat, being in the ocean. And what do you do in that time? You try to stay afloat, right? right. Like we try to, yeah, totally. and what the most important thing is to breathe because in that time, as long as you can keep your head up and breathe, you're going to be okay something's going to come along. The life raft is going to come and save you or, you know, we'll find a way out of that, that moment, but just staying with, um, positive, staying up and being able to breathe seems to be, I think the very baseline of what we all need to be trying to accomplish. Yeah. I think Nicole, you see me on, you know, Facebook and different things saying like, keep your exercise up and like, have fun with this and show your creative side. So try not to like just binge watch or, you know, fall into that void, but Use this time productively to maybe self-discover yourself a little deeper or try things that you haven't done before. So I think it's just is this almost great renaissance for people. Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. So that's how I'm doing. That's kind of how we're all doing here at my house. Um, You know, we're all home with our families for a really long time now. So how is your family adjusting to these new norms that are surrounding all of us? You have teenage girls, correct? I have three girls. Yep. They range in age from 10 to 15. And everybody's doing really well. The kids are mostly bothered by their lack of interaction with other kids. I agree. And we're firm on the, you know, we don't interact with other kids right now. Like we're staying at home. So they've had to get creative about that. And they've gone, you know, FaceTiming each other and being able to do things like that. But, um, they are busy with schoolwork. They're busy with me just doing stuff. Like we go hiking as much as possible. As soon as the weather's good, we're outside out in nature because I have just such belief in the power of nature. Uh, So they're right. Exactly. Just bringing in the, those light codes and just being with the elementals of nature is just incredibly healing and balancing. And so they're doing really well. They go between my home and their dad's home. He's a doctor. He's at the hospital, and so is his girlfriend who lives with them as well. So they also have a little bit of a reality check when they go there because they're being more highly exposed maybe than some of their friends. So, But at the same time, there's not really panic over that. It's just, hey, we're smart about things. We wash. We're super clean. There's a lot of germ awareness there anyway. So... Um, they're doing really well. I think that they are kids who have experienced a lot in the past few years and have learned again, how to go through struggle and challenges. And because of what they've been through in the past, they are stronger, more resilient people now. 
And that's just another testament to life itself, just the journey of life. Like we go through things and we might not understand why we're going through them at the time. But later on, we can look back and say, wow, that was really a gift because it made me stronger. It made me more resilient. It helped me to know myself better. Um, And we've all been through that enough in the past few years that they're doing really well through something like this. I think it's amazing. Um, I love how you talk about your story and the power with uh, resiliency. And even through like really tough situations, you have to almost not place shame or blame, but just move forward. So um, that's really encouraging to hear um, out loud and, and with our audience here. Um, another great question that sort of popped up was, um, what are like three practices that you would recommend for individuals or families right now to sort of like grab onto and say, I'm going to do this today. This is what I'm going to do to make my day better. Well, I think that it kind of depends on where you're coming from. I think that if you're the person who is down in the fear and worry and concern, that type of practice might look different for a person in that position compared to somebody who's feeling pretty good, you know, and just wants to stay in that place. So I'm going to go middle of the road here. I think that generally every person just needs to stay really present. And even going back to that same visual of being overboard on a boat, you know, being in the present moment is where life exists. So what can you do right now in this present moment? And that usually involves pausing, stopping, and sitting still for a minute, taking breaths and saying, okay, where am I? Let me take stock of where I am right now. How do I feel? How's my breath? How's my body feel? And what do I most need? And then from there, you can make the decisions about what kind of activity to do or how to engage yourself. So if I'm feeling anxious, then I need to calm my nervous system. Usually when we're feeling anxious, it's because we're going too far into the future and we need to pull ourselves into this present moment. If you're feeling depressed and low, it's usually because you're living in the past, kind of going through old stories. You need to pull yourself again into the present. So I believe that breath work is probably the most essential thing when it comes to any of those levels, whether you're anxious, depressed, you know, feeling bored or hyper, no matter where you are, coming back to the breath is the thing that brings you into the present moment. So simple breathing techniques like picturing a square and being able to breathe up one side of the square, pausing when you get to the corner, and then maybe exhaling as you go across the top of the square, pausing breathing in while you go down the other side of the square, pausing, and then breathing out as you go across. So it's called square breathing, and you can do it a number of ways. But simple little breathing techniques like that where you inhale and hold it, exhale and hold it out. Inhale, hold it, exhale, hold it out. And if you can extend the length of your inhalation each time you go around the square and extend the length of your exhalation, just really slowing down the breath and becoming really present to what's going on with your lung capacity, with where the breath is occurring in your body. It's just like the simplest, easiest way to take stock of where you're at. Um, I would say that that's like the number one tool that I use in my life. I love that. When you were going through the square, I did it on the second time just to go through it. So maybe for our audience, it'd be helpful um, when we post this to place a link for um, everyone. So they have some information on square breathing and they can do that at home. And if you have any more breathing techniques, I've done like fire breathing and yoga that we can really encourage people to, um, breathe a little different during these times. 
Right. And I always go back to breath is the only thing that we can't live without. You can live without food. You can live without water. You can live without shelter. You can live without clothing. Breath is the one thing you can't live without for more than a few moments. And so it is in these times when things are uncertain and we're maybe getting pulled into this scarcity lack mentality, just going back to, I have the thing I most need right here at my fingertips and I know how to use it. So I will definitely post some good practices for people. That would be a really nice tool for everyone to walk away with. I also believe that just being quiet is really important and limiting your exposure to external forces. So sometimes we, we see ourselves as this being and things are happening to us. And there's this, out, there's this outside world that is constantly affecting us. And although that is true, there's this other way of looking at it where you can say, I am the creator of my own experience. So I'm going to sit quietly and I'm going to develop inside of myself the thoughts, the feelings, and the realities that I want to experience. And I'm going to be in that energy and be in my own self-created reality. So you can do that just by sitting quietly, closing your eyes, and allowing yourself to go inward. Yeah, I always try to do that, that whole practice of, like, what can, I, what can I change? What can I change? And, like, knowing the difference. And so um, really people say it's like the Al-Anon phrase, but, like, really knowing who and what I have power over. Right. And we have power over our own selves and probably beyond what most people even believe they have power over. We have power over our own well-being. We have power over our own health. We have power over our own existence in terms of how we're viewing it. So it's like those people who could be in the middle of um, a war and still be kind of peaceful and joyful inside of themselves like the Dalai Lama you know Mm -hmm. Buddha and so our capacity to exist within our own mind is sort of where we need to go I think sometimes and just be able to be quiet create that own reality your own reality the way that you want to see the world and just be in that energy no matter what's going on outside of you and that's how you can find peace and calm or that's how you can find joy even in the midst of chaos So the going within and creating from within, instead of just allowing external forces to be your reality, because if we do that, if we sit down and we really just let whatever's going on around us be our reality, that just lowers our vibration immediately. And I think that goes back to exposing ourselves too much to media, to being real careful about our, our intake, our diet. Like what is it that you're exposing yourself to all day long? And I'm one who tends to, I turn off the news. Like I know enough to be wise, but not so much that I'm going to get sucked down into the panic. Yeah, Nicole, we've done like and a I will... 30 minute, like that's our limit. We're like 30 minutes. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. it becomes too much. And so setting those uh, sort of limitations and saying, I'll take in this much, but not that much. And I even think when you're doing your 30 minutes, there can be a moment before you even turn on the news where you center yourself and you say, okay. My intention now is to turn on the news so that I get enough information that I can make wise choices, but I'm not going to allow myself to drop into fear or panic. I'm going to make sure that I'm staying centered and grounded and learning just enough to be able to exist in a healthy, wise way. And then when you're listening, your body's already then going to be attuned to the right information. You're going to, you're going to hear what you need to hear without allowing the the energy of it to drop you down. So staying solid in your own self before you even turn on the news or before you even get into your Facebook uh, feed is really important too. 
if we kind of go in unaware, it's like going into a war without, you know, your armor. <laughs> you kind of have to go in ready to filter through what you're about to hear and be aware of the fact that there's this ability to yeah, filter. Yeah, setting up really strong boundaries. I've had a few friends post like, I'm going to be off Facebook for 24 hours. And I'm like, okay. And then they're back on. And I'm like, so your 24 hours is up. It's like, I think, oh, um, like you said, prepare yourself when you're going in, opening the door and saying, okay, I'm, I'm ready now. <laughs> and knowing how to mm-hmm. set up those um, strong, like almost emotional boundaries. Or Absolutely. Yeah. So I was really excited Absolutely. you spoke about some amazing people like the Dalai Lama. Um, who has influenced you in your practices and why? And if there are people listening right now, how can they you know, read up on these people or is there a favorite book that you like to read? You know, I'm always reading Nicole, like (laughs) always reading. So tell me like who you follow and why they mean something to you. Oh goodness. So I follow a lot of people. I am one of those people who buys every book that sort of talks to me on the shelf. And then I read portions of the books and never finish them. So I, I have, I have a stack of like 35 books that need to be read that have been begun and not completed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if you call that last half and then we'll like, okay, I'll like make notations. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. I need more of an attention span and it's not that the books don't hold me. They definitely do. It's just, I find like the next one pops out before I had a chance to finish the previous one. So but there are a few people who I don't do that with, the people who I actually pick up their books and read them front to back. And two of those people write with so much soul that I feel like they are speaking my own language, like they are telling my story. And that's Elizabeth Gilbert and Glennon Doyle. The two of those women, I, there's just something about them. I feel like we're connected on a soul level or something. So I tend to actually pick up their books and read the entire thing. And I sometimes read them over and over and over again. Um, so they, I would say the messages that I get from both of those women are just to live in your most wholehearted truth. And that resonates so deeply with me. So just living in this wholehearted truth of being able to be totally you and to find a way to be most honest with yourself, no matter what that means for the outside world. So kind of self-knowing and self-love those two messages have just kind of carried me through and Glennon Doyle, one of her, her messages that I always, I think when I heard it the first time I was like, Oh my gosh, that is exactly where I'm at right now was she had talked in one of her books about, it was actually in love warrior about taking just the next right step. And I'm one of those people who I think can get really ahead of myself and become anxious when I think about where I want to go and I don't know how to get there. So when she said, just take the next right step. I was like, wow, this is so wise because I can just take that next right step. And once I do that, I kind of give myself a nod and then the next right step appears and I take that and I give myself a nod and you just keep doing that until one day you can look back and say, wow, the trail has actually been really, really perfect. You know, the divine trail of where we're going to go, where we're, where we're heading. If we just take it one step at a time means so much. And I think even during this time of you know, challenge with the the coronavirus, doing the next right thing is just the only thing we can do. <laughs> so how do I spend the next hour of my day? What feels right? I think I need to exercise. I think I need to breathe. I think I'd like to read a book. 
I think that I would like to just, you know, play with my dog. The next right thing has been um, one of the most important things I've learned from anybody. So Liz- Elizabeth Gilbert, Glennon Doyle, Brene Brown, I think that her messages about vulnerability yeah. and about uh, she's just so amazing. And her, I, I actually prefer to listen to her speak. There's something about her actual yeah. voice. Yeah, her actual voice holds so much power yeah. for me. Um, it's almost like her communication through her voice is powerful in its own essence somehow. So I love listening to her. Um, I also love Sean Korn, you know, as a, I've been practicing yoga for about 20 years and I, I got turned on to Sean Korn early in those years. So just kind of watching her evolve as a yoga instructor and a human being with her humanitarian efforts, she's phenomenal. So I love her book and I love her teachings and the way that I teach yoga has become sort of the way that she teaches yoga. Like I've watched her and I've adopted a lot of what she does in a class. So, um, she's a huge influence for me. And then when it comes to like, just kind of popping on a, a podcast or a YouTube video, I tend to go to people like Joe Dispenza, Alan Watts, Greg Braden, Wayne Dyer. I love He's Russell so Brand. I just adore his, I love his voice. I love his message. I love yes. how honest that man is. Um, there are other podcasts I listen to. I listen to Sahara Rose. She is an Ayurvedic practitioner and real big on goddess energy. So I love listening to her. And there's another podcast called oh, You beautiful. Are Luminous. Yeah, You Are Luminous tends toward more of the metaphysical side. And I really love that one too. Um, I, I tend to spend my day asking myself what I need to hear or what I'm what I'm ready to learn. And then I just search it on YouTube. So whatever it is that comes up, I'll just search it. Like I just feel like that. And I go with it. Absolutely. I've learned to, I've learned to like live through my heart, whatever my heart tells me I need at that time. And it always ends up being right. There's never been one time that if I follow my heart, my mind messes with me all the time because the mind is where the ego is at. It loves to kind of challenge me, try to throw me off course a little bit, but the heart is just, it's just pure. So I go with my heart, whatever I need to know at that time, whatever I want to hear or learn, I search it on YouTube and I, I listen to whatever pops up that feels so right to me. Listeners, Nicole's mentioned some amazing, um, inspires and influencers out there. I also enjoy Brene Brown. Um, the gifts of imperfection is usually on my nightstand. So that is one <laughs> of my favorites. So if you're looking for a good book as we sit, um, and wait this out, um, definitely grab that one. And I haven't read Glenn Doyle's first book. Um, but I was brave enough to buy her second book, which is called untamed. And in this book, she also talks about the next steps. So for anyone that's out there, that's like, well, I never read the first. I'm a little nervous to buy the second, um, you know, buy the second and see what, um, their voice is now and what they're saying. Um, Liz Gilbert put a book out about marriage. Um, and I know a lot of her life has changed since that book, but sometimes authors just write in the moment and those stories are still valid, um, and what their experiences are going through. And they're both that way. Both of those women have written books um, at that time of their lives. They just wrote what was honest for them at that time. And their lives have drastically evolved since then. And now they're writing about what is honest for them now. And it's just going to continue that way. And I I actually find so much value in that because it, it almost gives us permission to constantly change and grow and just know that like in this moment, whatever is true for you is perfect. And then 
however you're going to grow is perfect. Like they're just amazing. Glennon Doyle's first, she actually has a few books. Both of them have a couple of books that, you know, the first ones aren't, maybe aren't as well known, but Glennon Doyle's book called Love Warrior was pretty much her story of overcoming alcoholism, eating disorders, and going through a marriage that involved infidelity. And it's almost like the stories don't even matter. It's the way that she got through them that matters. And so anybody who's picking up a book and saying like, eh, this doesn't really, that's not really like my life. You'll probably still really find so much value in her honesty and, and the, the actual process that she went through. Um, her current is book so is just fun. phenomenal. I, I can't say enough about her. With everybody, hold on. I bend my pages. So I'm on, I'm so bad. I can never give my books away <laughs> or I have to apologize before I give them away. So um, it's 183 and it says at together rising, you're not the worries, refine the warriors. Like she's really about empowering others to live their truth also. So um, really great book. Um, and you know, it just says, this is how you find yourself. And there's all this paint that glitter put all over it. So um, just because so honored about four minutes left you see positive changes that are occurring maybe like that reset button has been pressed now and I know we've talked about this but maybe more on like a global scale like we've talked about maybe things that we were doing at home we're going out a little more go to the woods but maybe on a global scale how do you feel like the energy is going to shift in our world well, I think that's the coolest thing is I have no Isn't idea. Isn't that amazing? I do. I know. But this is the unknown. Absolutely. And I think the coolest thing about not knowing it is that we are being forced to live in the moment. You know, by having no clue how this is going to pan out, all we can do is live in this moment, which I think is like the greatest lesson of all of it. But I also think that in this quiet space of us being away from each other, not doing things out off of like autopilot, it gives us this chance to be creative. And I am such a believer in like the actual creative energy, the energy that created our universe, the energy that creates new human beings, the energy in nature that is constantly creating this like desire for any animal or plant or any living thing to multiply and become more of itself. That is, I think the gift that we are being given right now is this gift of creation, creativity. And so in having this quiet time and actually not even time in this quiet space where time doesn't even really seem to exist. I think we're being given this opportunity to create a new world and create a whole new paradigm. And I think that that is phenomenal because it's like clearing a slate away and saying, okay, how do we each want our new world to look? What are the things that we no longer want? It's like cleaning out your closet again. What don't you want anymore? What are the things that used to exist in your life that you're no longer willing to do? And how do you want to recreate a new way of being? And if we can do that on a global scale, keeping in mind Mother Earth and what's actually okay, getting rid of practices that have just been poisoning the earth, poisoning the atmosphere, and coming into a place where we can start being innovative about new technologies that will help us live a cleaner life. And then also just using creative energy to say, how do we want to interact as human beings? This has really changed us, I think, so far. This is drastically – the fact that you and I are having a podcast to have a conversation and not sitting down over a cup of coffee is well, Nicole, I do have a, a very simple example. Hand. And it was full. <laughs> and now I'm looking at, like, a drink. <laughs> 
Right. Well, I've already consumed mine for the day as well. But just, I love that. I think this is going to allow us a whole opportunity to create a brand new life. And I've actually seen this in meditations that I've been in before, like visions that have been given to me is this opportunity to create this brand new world. And the earth is already perfect as she is, but the way that we live as a society on top of that earth, this is our chance to let everything crumble that didn't work and to recreate it. And I think it's really important for us all to live in our hearts to create that too. I think that's where it's going to become this beautiful creation. And I think the young people, if we can harness their energy and say, Hey guys, how do you want your world to look and help to build upon that? I just think the creative energy is so important right now. And whether that means for people singing songs, making poems, you know, creating artwork, whatever it is that makes you feel high vibration, that brings in the most love for you, cumulatively, that's going to create this brand new world. And I'm really pumped and excited to see how that's going to come out. I have no idea how it's going to look, but I know that my own, my own practice is constantly creating positive intentions for how it's going to look and putting out through prayer and positive affirmations every day, what I want because I know that we have power like that. We have internal power that creates tidal waves outside of us. It just radiates outside of us and creates this whole new world. So if we can do that, if each one of us can take this time to create this bigger idea, I think it's going to be I amazing. totally really agree, Nicole. I think it. everything you have just shared is going to change the world. And I think these are messages that we need to hear and to, you know, really embrace and, and, and try. I, I commend both of us for being brave to even do our first podcast and to put this out to the world. So I want to say thank you so much um, for having this conversation and uh, telling us a little about yourself and what you've been doing during the pandemic. And I'm just going to say I am just so honored to meet you. And um, I hope everyone has enjoyed this and we'll um, check next time and see how everyone's doing. Bye, Nicole.